Welcome in. Time for the latest KillCoin conversation. And this time around, it's John Mozalock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. Somebody I've talked to a lot over the years. You've heard a lot on TV and the radio, but I thought it'd be fun to dive into a couple of different things, including the Moisms. He has his favorite, he has really his own lingo, doesn't he? Our buddy Chris Gardner calls it the Mocabulary. I did reference low-hanging fruit, and Mo kind of reminded me that was a long time ago. But also his start in baseball. It sounds like a Wikipedia myth, but it's not. It's Bryn Smith, the former Rockies pitcher, needing someone to take him fishing. And John Mozeliak was living in Colorado. He's from that area. He gets, I don't know that assigned is the right word, but he gets the opportunity to go fishing with Bryn Smith, Rockies pitcher. And he ends up throwing BP to Dante Bichette and others, and it leads to a job in the front office. Uh, we talk a little bit about Moe's beginning baseball career, his relationship with Bill DeWitt, somebody that he calls a mentor. And I wondered if the two of them ever talk about the criticism they get despite the winning. There has been a lot of criticism of Mo and Mr. DeWitt. I wonder how often they talk about that. So a fun conversation here. Also, Yadier Molina wanting a contract extension. A lot to get into with John Mozalek. Our conversation is brought to you, as always, by the folks at Triad Bank. Located in Frontenac, you can also find them on the web at triadbanking.com. Right there by the intersection of Highway 40 and Lindbergh. And I've been going to the bank for years, but I really kind of got tired at some point of them just being real, just kind of unfriendly. Not helpful at all. Well, Triad Bank is just the opposite. There to help you. It's your money. It's your bank. Great, friendly people willing to help you out. Find them online at triadbanking.com. Also, Marie Davila Senior Living. They've got the virtual tours being offered now, keeping everybody safe. Get online and take that tour for more than 60 years, providing senior living right at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road, Marie Davila Senior Living.com. And the great folks at Greenville. University Always doing something different, something cutting edge. They've got the Panther Preferred College Scholarship. Recently doing some more with uh, their solar panels and solar energy. Just uh, a really great group of people in a really unique town, less than an hour from St. Louis. Get online. Find out more at greenville.edu. With that, let's get to it. It's John Mozeliak. Well, Mo, what, what's your gut that we will have baseball? Whatever form or fashion that it would be, what do you think? Do you think they'll get something done some way, get back to the field? You know, I always hate trying to predict what may or may not happen. But, you know, I, I'm certainly optimistic that, that we can all figure out a way to get back to baseball. Um, you know, needless to say, I think uh, our city, our state, our country, looking for, for something to, to break up the current routine and, you know, I think live sports is, is something everybody's craving for. So from a baseball standpoint, I certainly have my fingers crossed that we can get something done. And uh, I think over the next week or so, we'll, we'll have a pretty good idea if, if that's going to come out, come to play. It's kind of been painted as players versus owners in terms of working out the deal. How much of that is accurate or fair? Look, uh, anytime you're in a negotiation, there's always multiple sides here. But um, – you know, I, I think anytime you're trying to say one versus the other, it's always a little dangerous. Um, obviously, there, there are huge economic losses in this this, this business when you're, when you're A, you're not playing, and, and B, you're not likely going to play in front of fans. But, 
having said that, you know, hopefully both sides can figure out a way to have some compromise and, and we can get back to baseball. There's also been a lot of talk about this central corridor idea instead of lots of travel. So you might play the Twins and the Sox and kind of combining the AL and NL Centrals. Do you think that's likely? You know, I, I can imagine that, that if we can get through all the different hurdles from the economic standpoint, in terms of dealing with what a schedule looks like or the logistics of, of putting Camp 2.0 together, those are all things that are workable. Um, I think obviously when you're looking at, at how to mitigate travel or, or sort of manage risk here, um, playing closer to home would probably make more sense. But um, I haven't seen like a final proposal in, in any form because, again, I think until you get some sort of agreement, it's hard to push through some of those logistics. And how hard is it not knowing? I mean, your whole routine is you got your roster, you know when you're playing a game, you get on a plane. You guys are so regimented this time of year typically. How strange is this whole experience? Well, it's extremely strange. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I've had dinner at home 70 straight nights in my you know, entire career. And to be doing that and being with my family is, is you know, I, in a way, exciting and fun and, and something new. But you're right. I, you know, my entire adult life has been, you know, so where am I going to be next week? And always planning on, on what the club should look like or where the club's going to be. So, you know, like everyone had to adapt to the new new. So without putting a percentage on it, as you say, it's hard to predict, but do you feel like at some point we'll see baseball? Are you optimistic? I am optimistic. And uh, my, like I said, my fingers are crossed. Something will get done. And, you know, I think in the end, people realize the importance of, of getting back to some normalcy and, and sports could do that. What can you do right now? Are you still, you know, doing homework on the Cubs and Reds and looking at your minor leaguers? I mean, at some point, I would think you'd run out of material. I mean, how have you stayed busy? Yeah, so, so most of my energy has really been in terms of thinking about coming back to play protocols and, and understanding that, working with the league, trying to, to figure out, like, you know, from our perspective, what that might look like. And then, and, and also, like, focusing a little bit on the draft. Uh, trying to understand what modern minor league baseball might look like and how we might try to think about that type of development strategy. So reality is when you talk about like major league things in terms of like thinking about like what the Cubs are doing or other teams are doing, I haven't thought about that in over two months because, you know, when, when we closed up shop in, in mid-March, there, there was a whole new certain like urgency to do other things and to figure out those situations or problems that we were dealing with. And in terms of like the normal day-to-day -day baseball job that I've had for over 25 years, none of that has really been something I've been working on in the last few months. When they talk about a spring training 2.0, I guess the option will be for the teams, right? You can go to your spring training facility or you can do it at home. And it's been reported. I think Derek Gould, maybe others have said, you guys would like to stay here. Is that, is that still the plan? Yeah, that is. Um, you know, the downside of doing it here would be probably the lack of, of, of being able to do like an exhibition game. Um, obviously, if you were back down in Jupiter, there'd be multiple teams within a short drive to do so. But I do think just, you know, getting baseball and getting baseball back in St. Louis might outweigh a couple scrimmages. So um, depending on what the roster sizes look like and how many players you're allowed to invite, I think, you know, we could do some inner squads that we could get pretty close to, to, to normal as possible or competition as possible. And the players I've spoken to, you know, would rather 
get back here than, than have to re go back to Jupiter. How about the situation for your lefty, KK, who's – I guess he's been playing catch with Wayne right now, who's probably the perfect St. Louis ambassador. But here's a guy a long way from home, doesn't know the city. What have you heard from him or his camp trying to get through this? Yeah, so, so Matt Slater obviously handles a lot of our, our Asian scouting, and he makes sure he keeps tabs on, on KK each week. I've talked to Wayne a couple times, but, I mean, as you could imagine, it's, it's, a, it's a tough haul for him. Uh, being away from his wife and children, um, a lot of unknowns. He had contemplated going back, but then he was a little bit concerned about going back into South Korea and having a two-week quarantine there, and then not knowing when he'd have to come back, and then would he have a quarantine here. So he ended up just coming here to St. Louis, and um, luckily Wayno has been able to you know, throw with him each day. But, yeah, this can't be easy for him. You mentioned, you know, the shutdown being weird for you, the sports world. There's very few headlines. So we thank Yadier Molina on occasion for making some news. What's realistic with his contract situation or his future here? I mean, I understand his standpoint where this year is not really a good final year for anyone. What Have you guys talked or where do you think that's headed? No, we haven't. Um, obviously, uh, given all the question marks and, and having no idea – really what 2021 is going to look like, especially from an economic standpoint. It's really hard to engage in, in any type of, of talks. You know, I think the only thing I would say here is he's, he's you know, obviously a, a very special and iconic player to this organization. And when the time comes, we'll try to figure out what that looks like. But, you know, in the meantime, I think we have to first just worry about trying to figure out how to get baseball back in, in 2020. And, uh, worry about 2021 when we have to you mentioned your 25th year in the game but really 25th year in st louis not quite the anniversary year you probably had in mind but have you had the chance to be nostalgic at all have you watched any of the classic games that have been replayed you know i really haven't i i will say obviously when when a lot of uh 2011 was being replayed i'd get texts and and uh emails from some friends or family that were watching it but like for me, it's I've been busy and I'm, I'm trying not to like sort of look back right now. I'm trying to like think about tomorrow and and making sure that, that that's really where all my energy's going. And, you know, really, my days have been fairly full. Um, you know, I, I have been home for dinner every night, which I mentioned. But, you know, typically at night after I uh, walk the dogs with my wife, I usually come back up to my office and, um, you know, answer a few emails and then uh, try to shut things down around nine o'clock and then uh, sort of like a rinse and repeat. And I've been doing that almost every day for the last two and a half months. How often do you talk to Mr. DeWitt and what's, what's normal? Is it more often in this than normal? We talk daily. Um, you know, we, we both are fairly engaged in what's happening at the, the league level. So Anything that I hear or he hears, we try to communicate that regularly and, um, you know, just trying to make sure that, that we're prepared for what tomorrow brings. And so, you know, I, I can tell you that, that we both feel like we're busy at this time and, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, work through these issues and get back to baseball. Give me an idea of that relationship, you and Bill. I mean, you were hired as a really young guy. You move up throughout the organization. and It just seems there's a level of trust that he has towards you and you have towards him. How, how would you define that relationship? Um, you know, I, I would say in a lot of ways he's been 
a mentor to me and, and, and teaching me a, a lot of things uh, that have helped me grow into the job I have. But I would also say that, that you know, where we are, I, I would say that we're, we're like friends. I mean, we've gotten to know each other over the years and, and uh, it's easy for us to, to communicate and talk. And so, you know, I think that's just a, it's a very open type of relationship in terms of, of dealing with issues and problems. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that, uh, I think it's one of those that, that has grown over time. And, um, you know, there's a high level of comfort and trust within with both of us. So it, it makes for a very easy working relationship. And despite all the winning, he'll get dinged. Oh, he doesn't spend enough. Despite all the winning, you'll get dinged. Oh, it's low-hanging fruit or whatever phrase gets people's ire. You guys ever? It's a it's a long time ago, but yes, I suppose <laughs> I still wear that. Do you, do you guys ever talk about it? Like, I'm sure Bill's not on Twitter, but do you ever talk about some of the negative that's out there? I mean, from time to time, but it's. I mean, it's, it's hard to like, just say it didn't, doesn't happen or no, like that's crazy. But again, that's not really where we try to like focus our energy. I think we both take a lot of pride in what we've been able to accomplish over the last 20 years with this organization. And, you know, certainly there's been challenges and ups and downs like anything, but when you, when you really look at what we've been able to accomplish, we stack up there with the elite organizations in this game. and. Uh, you know, I think we'd rather we'd rather dwell or not dwell, but recognize the positives and, and simply um, the vocal minority. You know, you brought up a great point. I think low-hanging fruit gave way to dry powder, which later on gave way. Arbitrage is a little more in play now. You realize there are some more buzzwords out there that people not not the low-hanging fruit was more of a negative. People gave you crap about it, but the other ones are kind of mo isms. Are you aware of that? I, I'm, I am aware of them and like, you know, it's sort of interesting, right? Because right now I'm not dealing with day-to-day media, but there is sort of a routine you get and, and there are words that you use in your vocabulary that come out and they, when they're new to, to the group, you know, the scrum, the media, then they sort of sort of take on a life of its own. But I try to reflect on that. I try not to repeat them too often, um, even if they're appropriate and fitting. But uh, I, I definitely get hammered a lot on, on my uh, vocabulary and the language I use, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, you know, hopefully I'm still able to uh, get to the point and, and make the uh, listeners or the readers understand what I'm trying to say. And I think you and I talked about this one time on the radio side, but this all started your life in baseball because Bryn Smith, the Rockies pitcher, wanted to go fishing. Is that correct? That all led to this? It was certainly uh, one, of the, uh, one of the first things that got me into the game. A good friend of mine by the name of Jade Arnell, who's now a professional scout for the New York Yankees, he was the one that, that asked me to come down and, and help out. And, and so one of the things that, that was brought up was if I could take Bren fishing and I did not know him at all, but he was a big fisherman. and uh, I had some connections in the, in the Denver area. And so I did. And, um, you know, ultimately uh, that was a short relationship because he wasn't with the Rockies very long, but I stayed on, did a few things from uh, throwing batting practice to helping in the video room to ultimately uh, working in their spring training. And so, 
you know, I think back to those times and then to be where I am, it's, it's been quite a journey. And Wikipedia is not always correct, but it said that Dante Bichette liked your throwing. Is that fair? Um, I would say that, yeah. I threw a lot to him. So you were serving up meatballs. Was that mile high? It was mile high, yeah. The early days. I remember my dad lived out in Golden and going to some of those games with 70,000 in a weird fitting configuration for baseball, short left field. That had to be pretty cool, though, a guy from Boulder working for the big league team. That was an expansion team, and there was a lot of hype at that time. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, you think back to that 94 year, which was the strike year. Um, I, I would imagine the Rockies would have shattered any attendance records had they been able to play it out. But, unfortunately, the season stopped in early August, and, and it was never it wasn't meant to be. But – yeah, to your point, um, I mean, weekends down there were insane. So have you ever seen Bryn Smith years later and said, dude, thanks, this led to me being the Cardinals GM, the Cardinals boss? I mean, I think, I, I think he was in St. Louis, like, I don't know, like 15 years ago or something, and we did not connect. I was either, you know, working in the amateur world at that time or something, but we have not. Mo, great to catch up. It's been too long. Well, Martin, always a pleasure. Good to see you. And I appreciate your maturity today. It was uh, well done. What, was this a more mature interview than t in the past? Yes. That means I may have failed on my part. Well, keep trying, kid.